gotten more comments of appreciation on the content of uh, this message, message series than, than really any other message series I remember in quite some time. It seems like perhaps maybe God is speaking to us and uh, using uh, this time to kind of grow us in our relationships. I want to tell you something, that just does my heart so good. I'm so thankful for that. And I hope today is not any different when I, when I uh, talk about uh, talking it out. And uh, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Before I do, I just want to say, if you're a first-time guest with us today, welcome home. We're glad you're here. We trust you choose this to be your church home. Uh, we just want you to know that we celebrate you. We're so excited about you being with us. And uh, we want to make sure that you don't leave here without a special gift that we have for you. If you've not already received that, you can stop by the Welcome Center afterwards and give them your little communication card. And uh, we have a gift for you. Also, those that are watching online, Thank you for joining us today. Well, we know that uh, there's a lot of folks out there that are watching in Cap City Church. Can we just make all of our guests and all of those that are watching welcome? Can we just let them know, huh? All right, come on, you can do better than that. I want to be able to hear. There we go, there we go. Oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful time of worship this morning. I'm so grateful that we can just spend time in the presence of God, amen? I'm so thankful that uh, he uh, uses uh, these moments to stir our heart and to draw us closer to him. And I trust that's what's going on with you. I know it has been with me already today. Uh, I feel like I've already been to church. Amen. Come on, church. Can you just say, I feel like I've been to church. Amen. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. If you're following along in your notes, you can open up your program and you can pull the notes out and we'll have those with you. We've got some fill-ins for you after a little bit. But let me read to you Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. Watch this. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to be silent in a time to speak. So now you kind of have a hint of where we're headed this morning when I say, talk it out. Now, this has been a, a family series. We've talked about relationships between parents and kids and husbands and wives and, and uh, families in general. And so that's been our focus. But I believe that the principles that we're learning through the Bible throughout this series can help us really in any relationship that we have here on earth. We need to understand that it's only going to work if you work it. Amen? You've got to put the time in. Relationships do not happen by accident. You have got to put the time in, you've got to get serious about it, and you've got to just really understand what the Bible teaches about relationships. And here's what I know about relationships, and this is kind of where we're headed today. All relationships are fueled by communication. We have got to know how to communicate. If you look at any relationship that's not working, I can guarantee you that somewhere, somehow, someone has stopped talking. Somewhere along the way, the communication has become a large gap between the two, and the relationship is hurting because of it. A lot of newlyweds discover this. You know, when they're engaged and dating, they love to talk a lot. They just, you know, talk about this and talk about that. And when they get married, for whatever reason, the conversation many times stops. We get busy and we wonder why the relationship is stalled and, and wonder why you're not talking as much as you used to. I've got a few statistics to share with you today. 50% uh, of wives say, my husband doesn't talk to me like I would like him to. Think about that for a moment. 
Did you know that 86% of divorces say we just couldn't communicate and that's why we separated? Did you know that 25% of kids say I've never had a significant conversation with my dad? Well, that just breaks my heart. It just breaks my heart to know that, that going into this whole thing we call relationships, we don't understand that the most important thing we can do is just communicate with each other and talk it out. In fact, if you go back to the beginning, to the wedding day, you know, what are they thinking? Well, the bride is thinking, you know, we're going to have commitment, we're going to have romance, we're going to say the vows, and it's going to be a beautiful day, we're going to have this new life, and the groom is thinking, oh my goodness, i got to figure out how I'm going to provide financially, I, I've got new responsibilities, and, and you know, they're just kind of already starting out on, on two different kind of mindsets. And then the careers come. It's said that three out of five wives uh, work in the workplace. And I know that Crystal has worked in the workplace along the way. And that's, that's okay. But we've got to be careful not to allow that to become something that gets between us and hurts our, our, uh, our, our communication. And then a child comes along, and we got, you know, we've, got, uh, uh, we've got the crib, and we've got the milk, and we've got the up all night, and all that stuff, and we've got to take care, we've got to feed, we've got to take them to the doctor, and, and it begins to put a little more distance between the husband and wife, and, and uh, what starts out as a stage starts to become a little more permanent, right? Now you throw in hobbies, you know, golf and shopping and all that stuff that we love to do. Now you throw in unpredictability like this last year with, with COVID-19 and things that come along that there was no way to predict, no way to understand, and the pressure starts getting harder. And, and, and then at work, you might see a good-looking coworker, and, and now you've got a problem, and you say, how did we get here? Well, hopefully this morning, through the Word of God, we can understand how e either to prevent that from happening or how to pull ourselves away from a situation like that because if we're not careful, we start building barriers to communication early on in our marriage and early on in our relationship. You see, to, commu to communicate effectively, we've got to be careful not to put three things up, and it comes out of the, the, the book of Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm, these are your first three fill-ins. Write this down. It talks about, the Apostle Paul talks about distance and walls and hostility. The first one is distance. We've got to be careful not to let distance become a problem because with distance, becomes miscommunication. Am I right? You just gotta, you gotta stay in, no matter how hard it is, you gotta stay in there and you gotta work at it. And it's only gonna work if you work it. The second one, the second fill in is walls. A lot of times if we don't get our way or if we don't agree or we think that uh, you think that the other person is being unreasonable, uh, especially us guys, we tend to put up walls. We just kind of put up, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. But remember what the name of our, the sermon, uh, the, the title of our sermon today is, we got to talk it out. We're going to see how that is. The third one is hostility. And what you have to understand is Jesus came to tear down all of these barriers, and so the key here is a Christ-centered relationship, a Christ-centered relationship. Early on in my uh, pastoral ministry, in fact, I think it was in the first year, I was just a young kid. I was, just, uh, I was wet behind the ears, didn't know what I was doing half the time, and the other half time I probably thought I did, and I didn't, but I don't know. Uh, it, was, I, you know it was tough, and then someone came and said, Pastor, we're getting married. Will you marry us? And I said, well, I, I guess I could do that, and you know, I'd been told that you have to do premarital counseling and all of that, so I started thinking, no, 
I, I, you know, wait, I, I just started this thing out. How am I going to give these people who are about uh, t- five years older than me, how am I going to give them any advice? I'm just figuring this out. And God uh, just gave me this beautiful picture of a pyramid. And I've talked about it before, a pyramid where you draw a pyramid like this and like this, and you put God at the top, and you put the husband's name on one side and the wife's name on the other. And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to draw this out on a piece of paper. I do this with everybody I counsel before marriage. Maybe I should do it after marriage just to remind them. But uh, the husband's name is here. The wife's name is here. God's name is here. And I explain that the world will tell you that the way you draw closer to each other is just take a shortcut and move across that bottom line horizontally. I said, no, no. The only way that you're going to come together horizontally is if you are first connected. What did I say last week? Your vertical determines your horizontal, right? And so you've got to grow towards God. So watch what happens. If the husband is growing towards God and the wife is growing towards God, you are naturally what? You're naturally coming together in your relationship. But the opposite is true as well. If the husband is growing away from God, even if the wife is growing towards God, you're not growing towards each other. And vice versa, if the husband is growing towards God and the wife is not growing towards God, you're never going to come to terms. And, you know, the thing I was frustrated with as a, as a, as a new pastor is like, how, you know, why is it that, that I've seen people be married for, for 30, 40 years and then they get a divorce? What is going on? I'll tell you what, they grew apart. A lot of times it's because the husband's growing away from God, the wife is drawing away from God, and before I know it, they're both strangers and in their own life. You get that? And so unless our marriage, unless any relationship is founded on the word of God and founded in Christ, there's no way it's going to survive. I'm just going to tell you, if it does, it's going to be a rocky ride. You with me? So Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, he says, but now in Christ... Jesus, this is verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were what? Far away, everyone say far away, far away, away, have been brought near, how? Through the blood of Christ. I want you to understand before we get any kind of practical uh, uh, teaching, before we talk about anything like that, I want you to understand it all starts with the blood of Christ. We have got to be surrendered to the blood of Christ. We have got to be surrendered to Christ first. I told you the story about me telling my coworkers that God was first and then my wife. And they said, does she know that? Absolutely. That's true because I've got to put God first and then everything else falls into place. Anytime that I've ever interviewed at a church, I've told them, it's God first, and then family, and then my ministry. That's just the way it is. That's the way it's always going to be. We have to be committed to our relationship with God. That's why Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor, your wife, your husband, your kids, your coworker, your boss, as yourself. So it all starts there. Underline those three words, the blood of Christ. And then he goes on, he says, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed, watch this, the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. I want you to know that no matter where you are in your relationship right now, God, through his blood, through the blood of Jesus Christ, can destroy all of those barriers, can destroy all of those divisions, can destroy those walls of hostility. God can make a difference. God will make a difference if we'll lean on him. Come on, that's right. You can give God a hand because he is worthy of our praise this morning. Amen. Let me just tell you, if you feel like saying amen, you feel like clapping, you go ahead. I'm fine with that. I'll wait. All right. Because Jesus is the one that we lean on. Amen. One of the best ways 
that we can build this relationship is by developing our communication skills. And it says in James 3.8 that it all starts here. No man can tame the tongue, so don't even try. <laughs> it is a restless evil full of deadly poison. What we used to say, sticks and stones will break my bones. Words will never hurt me. There's a Greek word for that. I think it's, uh, uh, yeah, hogwash. <laughs> Write that down. I'm not sure how to spell it, but that's the Greek word for it. You know, here's what I know. I've got scars all over my body for crazy things that I've done or things that I did accidentally, and I've forgotten about them unless I start talking about them. But there are things that have happened to me even back in elementary school. That's what we used to call it. Uh, they call it something else now. But in the young years, even in those young years that I still battle with, things that people said to me, things that made fun of me and, and talked about. I'll never forget walking down the sidewalk from P.E., and I heard kids laughing behind me and poking, behind, poking fun of me me because apparently one of my feet uh, was turned in and they were calling me they were calling me a uh, duck foot or something like that I don't know I, I still remember that I still and to, and to this day when I'm walking I'm trying to be conscious to make sure I'm putting my feet out the right way so uh, so it looks right it, isn't that amazing that I remember that from like fourth grade words do matter come on tell somebody words matter huh I found this very disturbing I found a statistic that said the average couple talks to each other together alone. How many minutes do you think a day? Four minutes a day. Come on, it's no wonder we're a mess. It's no wonder we're a mess. You know, he won't talk to me, or, or she doesn't make sense, or I don't understand what she's saying. It doesn't matter anymore. So why is it so hard? Well, in case you haven't noticed, we're different. We're different. Everybody's different. If you're, if you're engaged or if you're dating and you're thinking about getting married, you probably ought to take notes because you have to understand we're different. We're made up different. One of the reasons we have problems in communication is because men and women communicate differently. So if you're taking notes, I'm just going to help you out here. You need to write this down. You need to understand that. Some of you may have already figured it out. Some of you may not have. You need to understand the difference between men and women. Are you ready? The first one, if you're taking notes, men are hunters, women are hinters. Hello. Crystal says, hey, what you doing today? She's not asking me about what I'm doing today. She's seeing if I have time to help her hang some pictures maybe later on, huh? If, you're, if your wife comes to you and starts asking you questions about your mower, let me just tell you, she does not, give a, she does not care about your mower, I promise you. When you answer her and start telling her about you just got the blade sharpened, she is not even listening. She's waiting for that moment when she can jump and says, oh, so that means you can mow the lawn, right, huh? <laughs> Women are hunters, men are hunters. And the problem is men are just sometimes way too blunt and they just don't care. They just, they just say it like it is. Well, sometimes they don't want to hear it like it is. They want to hear it. They want to, they want to, they want to move into it a little bit, right? Let's just, can we just, can we just drive, come into, you know, men want it straight. Men, women just kind of want to talk about it a little bit, right? Let's just talk about it. Can we talk? Huh? Talk it out. Secondly, if you're taking notes, men are solvers. Women are censors. Now, I'm not saying one is wrong and one is right. That's just the way we're made. 
You know, the, the wife starts talking to the husband about this problem they have at work, and the first thing the guy's doing, they're not even listening to the problem anymore. They're already figuring out how they're going to fix it when she's done talking. Well, once you're done talking, I'll tell you exactly how to fix that. Don't tell me how to fix that. I don't want to hear it. I want to know that you care about what I'm going through, huh? Come on, women, you ought to be clapping right now and saying amen right now, huh? Men want to fix it. Women want to feel it, right? Just get into the moment, honey, and don't try to solve it. Just listen to me. Just, just hear it out right? The next one, men are tight-lipped, women are talkers. Now listen, I'm just telling you, it's just what, all right, if you don't believe me, the statistics say that men have about 12,000 words a day and then they're done. It also says that women have about 24,000 words a day and then they're done, maybe. And here's what happens. Guys, you use all your words up before you ever get home to work. And when you get home from work, you don't want to talk. And you know what she's done? She saved all 24,000 words up till you get home and she wants to talk all night. Huh? Come on now. Come on. How many of you know? <laughs> hey, I don't make it up. That's just the way we are. So guys, we got to figure that out. We got to figure that out. We got to be willing to listen and care. Oh man, we're just going to talk it out right now, aren't you? Come on. I already started something in your row. You're already telling. <laughs> no, that's right, honey. You need to take notes on that. You need to write that down. <laughs> wow. So what do we do? We got to talk it out. The Bible says you've got to take the time. You've got to care enough to talk it out. You know, have you ever asked, why are Christ-centered marriages so extraordinary? Why, why are they so out of the ordinary? I'll tell you why. Because the strength and the help and the hope comes from Jesus. He is the one that gives us strength. Listen, I know me better than anybody else knows me. And I know that if it wasn't for Jesus, our marriage would be a mess right now. Because I need to be tempered by the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to be, my, to be my words, to be my motives, to be my attitude. I need the Holy Spirit to be my fruit of the Spirit. Listen, I can't conjure that up on my own. It's got to be the Holy Spirit working through me. I know that's true. And so I'm continually surrendering to the Holy Spirit, who's a lot smarter than me. He's a lot wiser than me. He's a lot stronger than me. So I say, all right, help me know what to do, right? And you know what he says? Trust in me with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding because, listen, Phil... You're probably never going to understand anyway. And I know that drives you crazy, but you're just probably not going to understand. But in all your ways, just give me praise and show the attitude of Christ to people around you. And then I'll tell you what to say. Amen. I will direct your paths. I will show you the right way to go. So how do we talk it out? Are you ready? Let's start in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4. I love this verse. It says the tongue, now we already established that the tongue can be evil. The tongue, the tongue can run away. James spends a lot of time telling us, man, you better, you better bridle that tongue. You better, you better hold on to that thing or you're going to be a mess, right? But I love what the proverb writer says. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. Underline those three words, tree of life. You see, the Bible wants your tongue, wants your words to be a tree of life, to speak hope and help and encouragement, and joy, and excitement. And can I tell you something? I don't always get that done the best way. I don't. 
I'm just being honest with you. And the Holy Spirit has to speak to me and say, Phil, you could have said that better. Or maybe you shouldn't have said that at all. Or maybe, Phil, you need to go back and apologize. You need to make that right. There's been times when I've had to go back to my kids because I said words I shouldn't have said to them in a way that I shouldn't have said. And I said, man, I'm sorry. I stand by what it is that I told you you had to do or that you couldn't do, but I didn't handle it right, and I'm sorry for that. You say, Pastor, you did that? Absolutely. I've done that with my wife. I've done it with some of you. You know. If I've said something, I think, in my mind, in my brain, and I'm on my way home from church, and I think maybe it was taken wrong, or I said it wrong, or I heard you, I'll call you, or I'll text you, I'll say, listen, I, I, I'm, so, I'm so sorry I said that way, or said that. And sometimes you'll say, you know, Pastor, I didn't, even, I didn't even notice, but you know what, that doesn't matter, because I needed to make sure that it was right in my mind so I could sleep at night, amen? amen. Come on now. We've got to be willing to do whatever it is the Holy Spirit prompts us to do. We've got to be close to God and let him be the fruit that is in us. So it's because we've built it on the foundation of Christ. So how do we do that? Are you ready? The first one is this. Write this down. You've got to guard your heart. Everything begins with the heart. You've heard it said, garbage in, garbage out. That's, that's actually scriptural. If I take in garbage, the garbage is going to come out. If I take in light, hope, help, worship, that's what's going to come out. Hello. It all starts with the heart. Most bad communication happens before you ever speak. Most bad communication happens because you're not in a place where you should be communicating at all. And if you're angry, and you're frustrated, and you're mad, and you're right, and you're ready to prove it, I'm just gonna tell you right now, keep your mouth shut, and wait till the Holy Spirit can give you the words. Because God wants you to talk it out, but not in that attitude. Because how many of you know that's just going to make it worse? In fact, I've had people come in for counseling and they say, what do we do, Pastor? A lot of times what I'll do is I'll, I'll encourage them. If you're really coming to an impasse and you can't make sense out of this and you both, you, you're both just on opposite sides, go somewhere and pray for a while. And then I used to say email, but now text. Write out a, a text with your thoughts and words. And before you send it, pray over it and read it again, and make all the changes, the Holy Spirit said, no, you're not going to say that. No, 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 you don't. that's just going to make it worse. Take that stuff out, and just get it down to the core of, of how you feel and what you're thinking. Pray over it, and send that, and wait for the reply, and let that happen, and let that communication, you see, it's all about communication. Remember, sometimes talking has no words involved, because I'm just communicating. You know people, they have a tell. You know they have a look on their face or they have, they have a gesture that they do. With their, and you know, if they start doing that, you know, if, they, if this tick starts coming, you know, their elbow starts going out that, oh, I'm not talking to you right now. This is, going, this is not going to end well, right? Huh? Just wait. Look what, Matt, look what it says in Matthew chapter 12. For out of the overflow of the heart. Everyone say overflow. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever's in the heart... That's what's going to speak. 
So I do encourage you to talk it out, but I want you to write this down somewhere in number one. Pray first. Two words. Pray first. Come on, tell the person beside you, pray first. You gotta pray first. You gotta pray separately. Sometimes maybe you need to pray together, but pray first, why? For out of the overflow of the heart, whatever is in the heart is what is the mouth is going to speak. The good man brings good things out of the good that is stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil, watch this, stored up, underline those two words, stored up in him or her. Whatever is stored up, is what's gonna come out. Now I know that we all communicate in different ways and some of us are aggressive, so we have to back off a little bit before we talk. Some of us are passive aggressive, so we we have to talk maybe a little bit sooner. But I think if we're not careful, we're not being honest with our communication. If you really think something and feel something, even if you're passive aggressive and you don't want conflict, pray over it, say it, and say it in a godly way. If you tend to be angry and aggressive and always say things, stop, pray it, write it down, and say it. Let God be the one that births in you. Don't come, don't call Pastor Pastor Phil, I don't know what to say. I'll tell you, I don't know what to say either. Just ask Jesus, he'll tell you, amen? Right? He'll tell you. In fact, a lot of times, when we're telling ourselves we don't know what to say, we actually really do know what to say. And guys, I'm just going to tell you, I I picked on the girls a little bit. I'm going to pick on us. We are really, really bad about this. Because we can be arguing, and about halfway through that argument, we realize that she's right. And for the next 15 miles, we're too stubborn to admit it, so we just keep arguing. And we just oh, 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 I got an amen on that one. And you could have had such a nicer ride, such a sweeter time, if you would have just admitted what you already know and moved on. And maybe the ladies do that too, I don't know, but I'm a guy, so I know. Huh, man, I, guess, I just go you from example. It's like, oh man, I know she's right, but man, if I admit it, oh man, that's just gonna, that's just gonna hurt my pride. Well, just, just suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> that's, not, that's not in Matthew, I just... I just not even in my notes, so I don't know. Somebody needs, to, somebody needs to hear that. So how do we do that? Let me help you know what to pray by looking at Psalms. Here's a great prayer to pray, Psalm 141. Lord, would you set a guard over my mouth? Would you keep watch over the door of my lips? Let not my heart be drawn to what is evil, Lord, Let me not take part in wicked deeds with men who are evildoers. Lord, let me not eat of their delicacies. So all of you, just for a moment, would you just all just bow your heads? I want to pray this scripture over you. God, we're all human. We all have our opinions. We all have our ideas. We all like to be liked, and we all like to be right. But Lord, I pray that you would set a guard over our mouth. 
I pray, dear God, that you would keep watch over the door of our lips. And let not our heart be drawn to what is evil to take part in the wicked deeds with men and women who are evildoers. But Lord, let us eat at your table, not eat of their delicacies. Jesus, you are the bread of life. You are the life giver. Bathe us in your love, I pray. And sanctify our words for your glory. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody say amen. 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 Number two. You've got to build trust. In fact, here's what I believe. I didn't put it in your notes, so I want you to write this down. I believe, I was just, as I was preparing this message, this just came to me and the notes were already printed, so write this down somewhere. I believe that trust is your most valuable commodity in any relationship. I believe that trust is your most valuable commodity in any relationship. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, from time to time, pastors will come to me and for some counseling or just, just some coaching or whatever, and, and I'll tell them, I said, listen, the, the biggest, the, the most important thing that you can have as a pastor is the trust of your people. If they trust you, they'll do just about the, anything you ask them. If they don't trust you, Jesus could show up and tell them they wouldn't do it. It's all about trust. They've got to believe that they trust you. When I, when I was leading worship, you know, I, I was leading songs sometimes that maybe weren't songs that, that, they, that they were used to or whatever. But once I built trust and once they knew that I wasn't leading these songs just because they, I thought they were cool and because they were the latest and because they were flashy, but they understood the heart of Pastor Phil and they understood that this was coming from a heart of worship and because it has stirred me, I believe it's going to stir you. Then we have a relationship where we can start having some worship in the room. Amen? Come on. Come on. That's what I appreciate about Daniel. And I'm just, listen, that's right. Give God a praise. Come on, give God a praise. That's why I appreciate Daniel because I know that he prays about it. He, he thinks on it and it's something that, that he, has, he has, has been stirred by and he wants to use it to stir you. When I'm preaching a message, if I hear something, or if I read something, or if I find something that has stirred me, then I'm going to bring it to you and I'm going to share it to you. But if you don't trust me, what are you going to do? You're going to sit back and, oh, he's just talking about me. He's just talking about me. I know what he's doing. He's talking about me. Oh, he, you know, he, he's, he's just trying to tell, make so-and-so feel bad. Or he's just trying to, come on. What a mess. How can you have a relationship without trust? It's not possible. Look what it says in Matthew 5. Simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. It's got to be trust. I love you. <laughs> I just thought I needed to say that because we, uh, you know, we have some hard times here. But I want you to know. That more importantly, God loves you. And he cares about your words. He cares about your relationship. He cares about your marriage. The third one is this. you got to be quick to listen. You've got to be quick to listen. Guy went to his friend and said, we were, we were arguing and, and uh, you know, going back and forth and and it was getting heated, and, and uh, I, thought, I thought I was right, and 
she thought she was right, and it was just a mess, and then all of a sudden, it, it got such, such a fevered pitch, she went historical on me. It was a mess, and the guy said, don't you mean hysterical? He said, no, no, I mean historical. I mean, she started bringing stuff up from, from five years ago. I mean, you remember that? You, you remember that? You remember when you did that? You were the, oh, come on, babe, I thought that was under the blood. No, no. Huh? And we can be wrong on both sides, can't we? Right? And if we're listening, listen, you can't talk and listen at the same time. I know, guys, you think you can, but you can't. You got you to gotta, you gotta be quiet. Look what it says in James 1.19. I love Pastor James because he just says it like it is. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. The proverb writer wrote in 10.19, when words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is what? Is wise. How many of you just joined with me and said, Pastor, I just want to be wise? Raise your hand. Come on. The rest of you, you just need to pray a little more. <laughs> I didn't look, so I can say that. Number four. Speak words of life. Let the words that come out of your mouth be words of of life, life-giving words. And do it on purpose. Choose a time and a place. Brag on her. Brag on him. Whatever it is you did to get him, and her, him or her, you need to do to keep him or her. Hello. I mean, when we were trying to to nail them down and get them, get them to the altar and get them to say, I do, and, and to make that commitment, man, we would do anything we could think of to get that relationship going. I mean, just anything, just you know, flowers and dates and, and cards and, and all of that stuff. And I know it matters because Crystal still has every card and letter I ever wrote to her when we were courting. Do I have all the ones she wrote to me? Probably not. She might. <laughs> she probably it matters. Listen to me. It matters. And whatever you did to, to, to woo her or woo him, you need to do to keep them. And that includes speaking words of life. Thank you for being such a spiritual man or woman. Thank you for being kind. Thank you for being a leader. Thank you for, thank you for being the father or mother of our children. Thank you, for, thank you for stepping up when it seemed like the odds were so against us there was no hope. Thank you for being there for us. Thank you, honey, for putting up with me for 34 years. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you must be the godliest woman in the world. Amen? <laughs> Proverbs 25, 11, a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Isn't that beautiful? Then Paul says in Ephesians, do not let any unwholesomeness talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful, watch this, for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. As I close out our message time here, let me just pull out a couple things here that's very important. The first thing is you've got to build up those around you. Too often, we're tempted to tear other people down so we can feel better about ourselves. 
But what we don't understand, if we build them up, we go with them. Hello. If we build them up, we take the journey together. So how do we do that? We build them up according to their needs, right? So guys, probably not the best anniversary gift is a new sweeper. (laughs) Oh, she might need it, but I think you missed on her needs, right? And ladies, you probably don't want to send him flowers on your anniversary. Maybe, but that might be a miss. You got to know who they are. You got you to build them up according to your needs. You know what we do a lot of times? We build them up according to our needs. If I can get them to do this, this is how it will help me. This is how it will benefit me. This is how it will make my life better. But if we pull ourselves away from that and we say, you know what, I'm just going to lift them up because according to their needs, this is what they need. Why? That it may benefit those who you are building up, to those who are listening, to those who you are trying to help and to speak words of life into. Do you see that? So if we can do those four things, if we can find ourselves, first of all, personally, Lord, help me, examine me. Make sure I'm in the right place where I need to be, to be the right spouse, the right friend, the right boss that I need to be. And Lord, help me to be who I am. Help my yeses to be yeses and my noes to be noes so that we can have trust. Help me, Lord, to be quick to listen and not so quick to speak. And Lord, when I do speak, help me to speak words of life into those around me. I believe, I really do, that as we build our relationships on that Christ foundation, that we will see some amazing things happen in our relationship together. Amen? Amen. So God, right now, we just bow our heads and we just come to you. And I thank you for every person in this room. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it speaks life into us. We are unworthy, Lord, of the sacrifice that was given through your son, Jesus Christ. We're so thankful for it, Lord, Lord. And we're so, we're so amazed. Words cannot say how amazed we are that you would love us so much that you would send your only son. And Lord, your son walked this earth and he helped us to understand the importance of loving you with all of our heart and loving our neighbor, loving all of those around us as we love ourselves. And God, I pray that as we, as we build relationships, as we grow in our relationships, that it would be a upon the foundation of Christ and his words and his leading. Lord, I pray that in all that we do, it would point to you, it would glorify you. Lord, I pray that we would let go of having to understand everything, but in every way, know that you are God and that you will direct us. And we pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen and amen and amen, amen. Amen. Come on, give God a praise this morning for what he's doing. Amen. Amen. I want you to know, whether you're here in the room, you're watching online, I want you to know I I believe in you, and I believe that God is going to be the one that's going to help us through all of these situations. And I'll just say, you know, if we survive this last year, we can survive just about anything. Amen? Amen. Amen.
Well, we have something very, very special. In fact, we have a few things uh, that we want to do. Uh, the, the, the kids are going to come in in just a moment and lead us through uh, uh, some, uh, some memorial uh, service time to, for Memorial Day weekend, and they're going to do that in just a moment. But before they come, uh, Daniel is our youth leader, and he's going to, he has some special things he wants to give away. So Daniel, come on, give Daniel a big hand and welcome him. Thank you, thank you. I have some youth to embarrass. First, could I have Ray come up here? Um, not to embarrass him, but uh, Ray is my right-hand man, um, and he is just a, uh, a natural-born leader, and he's very, um, just very mature for his age. So uh, from the first time he came, I was like, this, there's something about this guy. Uh, so everyone just give it up for Ray. Uh, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't take the applause, but give it to him anyway. Thank you, Ray. Also, uh, Hayden, come up here just because I like to embarrass him. Uh, but no, Hayden is very, um, is also very faithful, and he is assistant to the regional um, right-hand man. So he, he is in training uh, to be uh, the right-hand man. So give it up for him, too. So we have some some prizes to give away. Uh, we've been doing a contest for the last, I think, six months. Uh, people get points for attendance, for uh, memorizing verses, for feats of strength, or any random game that we do um, in the youth group. Uh, so we have some gifts to give away. Uh, we're going to Scene 75 tomorrow. It's going to be lit. If you're a youth, come with us. It's going to be great. Bring your friends. Um, I think that there are a lot of fun things there. I've never been, but I've heard raving reviews from everyone who has. So uh, some of the prizes we're going to give away are $30 gift cards to Scene 75. Uh, one winner is Hayden Davis. Give it up for this guy. Elijah Willis. Do we have Elijah Willis in the house? All right, if you're watching the stream, get here, bro. I don't know why you're not here. Uh, Michaela Dalton, if she is here. Okay, well, she will be there tomorrow, hopefully. So, first place winners, the, uh, with, which, with a $50 gift card, are Lily Hendricks. Come on up, come on up. And also, um, Ray Lilly, who is already up here. So, congrats, bro. Uh, congratulations to our awesome youth. We love just getting together and having a good time, and we hope to have... Uh, more youth from here just come hang out with us. We've been really studying Jesus's miracles. We've been getting really heavy into those uh, and also digging into some chosen, uh, the chosen, the show. Uh, if you aren't watching that, watch that. It's awesome. Uh, so yeah, give one more hand to our, our awesome team here um, and we look forward to more awesome things in the youth group. So thanks guys. Awesome. Congratulations. Come on, give them another big hand. That's, that's the big thing. That's awesome. I think I might have heard uh, the office uh, reference in there maybe somewhere. I don't know. Just saying. Um, so at this time, uh, we have another presentation. So uh, Scott, if you'll come up here and if the ushers will come forward, uh, we're going to pray over the offering. If you're a first-time guest with us, uh, we're not asking you to put anything in the plate other than your or the bucket except for your communication card, if you would do that. Uh, and then stop by the Welcome Center. We have a special gift for you, so we want to make you aware of that. Uh, but this is, uh, this is for those that call Cap City their home, uh, a way to support the ministries. If you're watching online, you can do so uh, by giving online, and uh, you can be a part of that. Uh, just go to capcitychurch.live, and uh, there's some links there for that. 
Let's just bow our heads. Father, thank you for the joy of serving you. Thank you for these young people that are leading the way, Lord, and we just celebrate them right now. And in just a moment, we're going to celebrate some more uh, young people. And we're just so grateful for all that you're doing, all you've been doing. And we give you glory and praise for all you've done. And thank you for this uh, blessing of an offering we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Scott and Tara, come on up. Oh, you can do better than that. Come on, give him a hand. Oh, let, let me just say, all right. Okay. So let me just say, Scott and Tara have been doing Awana Clubs on Wednesday night for how many years now? This was our fourth year. And uh, yeah, come on, give it up. It's awesome. And uh, they do an amazing job, and we're so grateful. And when, when uh, COVID-19 hit... We got our heads together, said, you know, should we try in the fall? Should we do it? Because we were kind of cut short last, last year. And uh, they stepped up, and they did it anyway. And I know there were some nights where you're like, well, you know, was this right? But, but uh, this Wednesday night when you gave out the awards, it, it, I think that really sealed the deal. It was awesome. Come on, they're such amazing leaders. Give them a hand. Amen. The floor is yours. Good morning. Um, I just actually want to also thank Pastor Phil and Pastor Crystal, I don't know if she's in here yet, um, for them bringing the vision uh, for Awana Clubs, as well as entrusting in us to lead it. Because when this first happened, when they brought it to us, we were like, mm, we've got to pray about this. Um, but God immediately said, you two are it. I need you to do this. And as Pastor said as well, oh, before I keep going on, I always ask her if she wants to speak when she gets up here. So I'm not using up all my words right now. <laughs> She's saving hers. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to throw that. Um, Road trip today, too. <laughs> right. um, where was I going? <laughs> Anyways, with our, with our Awana, um, where was I going? You prayed about it and you went on. Yes, we prayed about it. Thank you. Going into, going into this year, um, we did. We got to July, as you know, back to July of 2020. We didn't know what to do, and we thought, should we postpone it? Should we keep, should we do it? Uh, we, we didn't know, but uh, we got our team together, and, and our team is amazing. Um, we could not do this without our team that's involved. It's Doris Petit. I'm going to forget somebody, but she's going to help me watch. Doris Petit, Pat, Diana, or is it Diane? Diana. We have Laurel. We have Deidre. We have Sherry Clay. Felicia and Doris. I got a Doris Fielder. I got everybody, I believe. They are an amazing team. They have been there every week for us. Yeah. But as you know, with this last year, it's been stop, start with things, and it's kind of felt like four Awanas wrapped into one, um, but we, we push through and, and, you know, give all the glory to God because without Him, you know, we, we wouldn't have been able to do what we've, what we've done with these kids that are coming in. So we thank God for that. And I just want to say that um, if you don't know, what, don't know exactly what Awana Clubs is, please see us. We'll be glad to explain it in detail for you. Um, but what I want to say, too, is the most amazing thing about, one of the most amazing things about Awana Clubs is that in the beginning, we always open up in prayer. What's up, dude? How are you? And we... Um, it's usually the adults. As the year progressed, we got more and more kids to do it. 
And by the end, this past Wednesday, most all of the kids that were here for Awana Clubs wanted to close in prayer. So that, that's a huge, that's a huge step. All right. We, we appreciate all of them. Some, are, some of them are in here. We're going to turn it over to them, but I'm going to leave you with this. We had one prayer from a four-year-old. And I'm going to leave you with this and just let you think about this. This was his prayer, and it resonated with everybody. His prayer was this. Dear God, thank you for the whole Jesus. I thought that was amazing stuff. Thank you, everyone. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I've been saying those words since I was his age. I didn't really know what they meant then. I knew it was important, that it was special. I loved being an American, but who knew what allegiance was? My idea of freedom was getting outside and playing as hard as I could. Now that I'm a dad, those words mean more than ever. I want my son to grow up strong in the land of the free. I want him to be as brave as his great-grandfather who fought for the freedom of his country. And I want him to use that liberty to do good and enjoy this blessed life we share. But I want more for him than just that, than just to love being an American. I want him to understand that this is his country, but it's not his home.
someone besides those brave soldiers died so that my son could be free. Free forever. Free from sin. Free to run the path God's called him to with everything he's got. My prayer is that my son will pledge his first allegiance to his Lord. And then learn to love his country while longing for his home. I think that's what freedom is for. If you uh, are a family member, friend of a fallen hero, would you stand please? We want to say a prayer with you. If you lost someone in the service or, or uh, in anything like, would you stand please? And we just want to say a prayer of you. Yes. If you served and you lost friends, stand up. Yes. Today uh, we celebrate Memorial Day and this weekend and we want to remember that freedom is not free. And uh, we, uh, we uh, stand on the backs of those who sacrifice for us to have the freedoms that we have to worship today. There are a lot of places in the world where we would not be allowed to do what we're doing today. And uh, we just want to recognize you and pray over you. And uh, also, could we have that now those who served uh, our country in any of the branches of service would you are serving now would you stand as well would you do that right now would you look around amen amen could I get you to just reach out a hand towards one of them and let's just pray a prayer Lord we pray for those who have lost loved ones friends we pray for those who have served and uh, are serving. Lord, perhaps there are those online that are standing right there in their living room. Lord, we just lift up uh, each one of them to you. We pray that you would be the peace giver, the strength giver. We pray, Lord, that uh, as we come together in this manner to worship the God that we love, the God that we worship, that we would not take freedom for granted. We would understand that it's because people we're willing to give their lives, men and women who are willing to go before us, give their lives for the freedom that we experience. And Lord, we pray a, a, a special prayer of, of blessing and strength and help and hope. You are the peace giver. Lord, you are the great physician. You are the help that we need. And we just call upon you, Lord, that on this weekend, we would never forget the sacrifices that have gone before us we give you honor and praise and glory for the greatest sacrifice, your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you that our, this is not our home. One day we'll be home with you, celebrating with the angels. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Come on, everyone said amen. Amen. Come on, give them a big hand and let them know. Amen.
Thank you so much. You may be seated. Just a couple quick announcements. Um, Pastor David couldn't be here this morning because Connie is not feeling well. But over the past nine months, he, on Wednesday night, has taught amazing studies for our adults. And a lot of these adults have, have went through all of that. And we're so um, proud of that class. This coming Wednesday night starts two new groups, a women's group and a men's group. It's not too late to sign up for that. Ladies, um, if you are in those groups, your study guide is at the info center right there, ready for you to take home. Battlefield of the Mind is what the ladies are studying with Nan as their teacher. And then the men are studying Wild at Heart, a men's study, very good men's study. So we're so excited about that. There is childcare provided for those studies and youth group is meeting as well. And then uh, last but not least, um, our kids are still in here. We're gonna dismiss them to you um, very securely. So if you, as soon as um, we say, see you later, <laughs> then you'll come up and just and grab your children um, with, um, with our department. So we thank you so much for a wonderful day. Amen. Isn't God good? Amen. Would you stand up and come on, give somebody a high five and say, boy, you look nice today, would you? Thank you for being here. Parents, remember to get your children. God bless you. Have a blessed weekend. You're dismissed.